Chapter Fifteen of *The Girl Next Door* by Augusta Ewell Seaman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jennifer Dalman. Puzzling it out. To begin with, Captain Brett went on after a long and to Janet and Marcia, very trying pause. We've something to hold on to in just the date, September twenty fifth, eighteen eighty nine and amoy what's amoy anyway demanded marcia it's a large seaport in the province of fu kien china and i've stopped there many a time myself then there's the date of this wedding somebody might possibly remember it there's just the faintest chance but there aren't any names given argued marcia and besides there must be hundreds of chinese weddings going on all the time I don't believe you could find any one who could remember just this particular one. There are one or two things about this you don't understand, Marcia. First place, I'm almost certain that this isn't any Chinese wedding referred to here. The Chinese don't do things that way. I know a little about their customs. It's English or American. You can bank on that. Another thing about the names. I'm pretty sure that this contains both names, at least the ones the party went by in China. You see, the Chinese have no equivalents in their language for such names as Jones or Robinson or Brett, for instance. What they do is to take some characteristic of the person and give him the name signifying that characteristic. I strongly suspect that whatever words in Chinese stand for the maker of melodies and flower maiden were the names that the man and woman were known by there. Then, interrupted Janet, who had been doing some rapid thinking, the man must have been some kind of musician, and the woman may have loved flowers or looked like a flower or something of that sort. I think it's extremely likely, agreed the captain. Maker of melodies, musician cried marcia suddenly hopping up from her deck chair in excitement does that make you think of anything the captain and janet both looked rather mystified and shook their heads why cicely of course exclaimed marcia don't you remember how she adores music and always seems to be remembering something about that troy marie i warrant just anything that these people who got married were some relation to her and besides didn't she have one of the bracelets it looks as if you had run down a clue admitted captain brett but i'm sorry to say it doesn't help us much in discovering who these contracting parties were one point however i think it seems to settle the question whether the bracelet came into possession of your little friend in some such manner as i got the other or whether it was hers by right of a family trinket i believe the latter almost beyond question but now comes the difficulty how are we going to unearth anybody who has any remembrance of marcia suddenly inspired with an idea interrupted why not ask li ching he's chinese who knows but what he came from just that region nothing like trying said the captain i don't know what province he hails from but it won't hurt to ask and he sent the sailor to summon li ching once more when he appeared the captain put his first question li ching what province did you come from fu kien came the answer promptly and the girl's hopes were raised sky high 
Did you ever live in a moy? No, never lived there. Always lived in hills back beyond. Well, by any chance, do you happen to know anything about the party spoken of in that bracelet translation? No, was out to sea at date mentioned. Young man, then, not very well on dry land. Must live on ship always, or not live. Never acquainted with parties mentioned. Thank you, that is all, Li Ching. The bright hopes of the girls were considerably dampened, but Marcia was not to be downed. Anyway, she argued, you've other Chinese sailors on board. Why couldn't we question them all? We might find someone who knows. The captain was rather dubious about it. Yes, the cook and four sailors are Chinese. You can question them if you like, but I'm afraid it won't be much satisfaction. They're an appallingly ignorant lot, but I'll have them summoned. In a few minutes, the five were lined up, and true to the captain's estimate, a hopeless-looking lot they were. After much confused questioning in pidgin English, it developed that the cook and the two sailors were from the province of Sanchi, and a third from Kian Su, and the two others from nowhere in particular that they could seem to remember. None of them knew anything about Amoy beyond the squalid shops about the wharfs. The captain dismissed them all with a disgusted wave of his hand and turned to the girls. You see how worse than useless it is to try and find out anything from such sources. I knew it would be so, but I didn't want to discourage you. Now you just leave me to myself for half an hour to smoke in peace and do a little thinking. Go and look at them unloading, or roam about and amuse yourselves in any way you like. Perhaps if I rack my brains hard, something will occur to me. They left him pacing up and down the deck, puffing on his cigar, while they went to explore the great ship all over again. But the occupation, though fascinating, failed to keep their thoughts from the latest phase of the queer mystery that surrounded Cicely Marlowe. Do you know, said Marcia, as they stood looking down at the well of the vast engine room, it seems simply impossible to me to connect the lovely, dainty English Sicily with anything so oriental as China. I can't understand it. I can't imagine any connection, can you? No, I can't, admitted Janet. And more than that, where does Miss Benedict come in on this Chinese proposition? Nothing could be less connected with it than she. I believe that she would have a fit if she ever saw that awful-looking crowd of Chinese sailors your father had there a while ago. Did you ever see such a rascally-looking lot? And poor little Cicely would be horrified. I liked Li Ching, though. He was so grave and serious and dignified. And isn't his English fascinating? I just love to hear him talk, but, oh, I wish father hadn't sent us away for half an hour. I can hardly wait for the time to pass. Let's go and look at those men on the dock unloading. Why do they make such a racket? You'd think there was a fire or something. So they whiled away the time, and at last, promptly on the minute, raced back to Captain Brett. Well, demanded Marcia breathless, what now? Just a happy thought. The captain threw the stump of his finished cigar over the rail. I have been trying to think of whom I could remember meeting in China during the past years some responsible person who might know these people or be able to track them down suddenly recalled old major goodrich he was an english military attache stationed at hong kong for a while and i got to know him rather well he was retired some years ago 
and the last i heard from him he was living in this country somewhere in pennsylvania with his only daughter who happened to have married an american if anybody were likely to know anything about this business it would be he for he knew everybody and everybody worth knowing about in amoy at the time i'll look up his address and write to him to-night now i hope that satisfies you both father you're a trump cried marcia blissfully i knew you'd get right to the bottom of this mystery at once hold on don't count your chickens before they're hatched warned the captain this is only a possibility not a probability the major may know nothing whatever about it but look here it's high time we were heading for home we don't want to be late for dinner they reached the apartment bursting with news to tell aunt minerva but were met at the door by that lady flushed flustered and very much excited such a state of affairs she cried an hour ago i received a telegram from cousin drusilla and northam saying that she was very ill indeed and wouldn't i come up at once as she is virtually all alone of course i've got to go i can't leave her there sick without a soul to look after her but what on earth are you all going to do oh go right along minerva the girls and i will get along famously they can try their hand at housekeeping and you've a good maid in the kitchen to help don't you worry a minute yes but began aunt minerva you've got just fifteen minutes to catch the boston express said the captain decisively looking at his watch give me that suitcase and come right along aunt minerva who had really been all packed and ready for the past twenty-nine minutes meekly obeyed i won't be gone more than a few days she remarked and kissed the girls good-bye i'll get someone to take my place with drusilla just as soon as i can don't let eliza boil the corn too long and tell her the sentence was never finished for the captain at that point gently but firmly led her into the hall and closed the door and though the girls suspected it not this sudden departure of aunt minerva had more bearing on the mystery they were trying to solve than any of them dreamed end of chapter fifteen puzzling it out